If you're a fan of fat, then you need to try the F-Bombs. Go to JimmyLovesFBomb.com, enter the coupon code JimmyLovesFBomb, and you'll get 20% off of your first order. So what are these F-Bombs? They are nut butters, and they have incredible combinations of coconut and macadamia nut, macadamia nut butter, and my favorite is salted chocolate macadamia nut butter. They also have several oil blends, including the house blend, the MCT oil, as well as coconut oil. If you want your fat on the go, then you need to check out JimmyLovesFBomb.com. And once again, use the coupon code JimmyLovesFBomb. You'll get 20% off your first order. JimmyLovesFBomb.com. Are you looking for a quick keto meal that has not just a little bit of protein in it, but also all the electrolytes, vitamins, protein, fat, and more that will meet one-third of your daily needs? Then let me introduce you to Keto Chow. It's a quick and easy-to-mix shake that is designed to give you a complete ketogenic meal. You're able to customize the calories because you decide how much fat to add. Most people mix it with heavy whipping cream, but you can also use avocado oil, coconut cream, a little MCT oil, or any other fat of your choice. Keto Chow is designed specifically for people on the go to replace one to two meals in their day. It comes in eight flavors, including chocolate, vanilla, chocolate peanut butter, cookies and cream, strawberry, mocha, banana, and salted caramel in both individual meal samples as well as a large 21 meal bag. There's also a sample of all the things bundle that has one of each flavor plus a keto chow blender bottle to get you started. Head on over to jimmyloves.ketochow.com and use the coupon code LLVLC to get 10% off of your first order. JimmyLovesKetoChow.com Living La Vida Local, this show is changing lives. We talking about your diet, trying to get you feeling right. Cut up them avocados, fry some eggs, time to explore. The longest running health podcast, hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage, we're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal, yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused, don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Hey. The Living Low Carb Woo! You're listening to a special presentation of Jimmy Rants on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Jimmy and Christine are traveling, so we're bringing you some of the best content from Jimmy's daily show, Jimmy Rants. Want to know what the very latest is in nutrition news? Follow Jimmy at JimmyRants.com for all of the archives and links to his social media where you can engage live with the content. Stay tuned now for a special Jimmy Rants on the LLVLC show. Today's Jimmy Rants is a question a lot of people ask me quite often when they write me an email. And I get hundreds of emails every single day, you guys. And one of the most common questions that I get again and again and again is, why does my doctor not understand keto? I tell him I want to eat low carb, moderate protein, high fat ketogenic, and he looks at me like a deer in headlights. And I don't understand with all my health markers getting better, 
with everything about how I feel getting better. I'm losing weight. I'm getting off of medications. I'm having all these really, really good things happening in my health. Why is my doctor still living in the age of the dinosaurs? And it's a great question if you don't understand what's going on. And I have a story I want to talk about here uh, today. But the question that we're going to talk about as the subject matter of this Jimmy Rants is, why don't doctors share keto as a therapy for chronic disease? Because we, we know that most of the chronic diseases of our day, chronic diseases are things like diabetes, type 2 diabetes, uh, heart disease, obesity, Alzheimer's disease, cancer. These are all chronic diseases, which, oh yeah, by the way, they're also all metabolic diseases. They're also all diseases that are related to your nutrition. And so when people go to see their doctor and they have symptoms of one of these diseases, what does the doctor do? Does he want to dig deeper as to, hmm, I wonder what all these symptoms are related to? No. What the doctor does is he tries to treat the symptoms that you're experiencing. He doesn't ever get to the bottom of it, which is why functional medicine practitioners are popping up and people are becoming more and more convinced that that's the way they need to go. So they go see a functional medicine practitioner who doesn't look to cover up symptoms. They look to actually physically heal the body and get to the bottom of why you're having the symptoms. So let me read this story and then I'll add commentary along the way. <clears throat> so this is out of NPR. Why do doctors overtreat? For many, it's what they're trained to do. When family physician Jenna Fox signed on for a year-long advanced obstetric, uh, I can't say that word, A-O-B-S-T-E-T-R-I-C-S, obstetrics. Why can I not say that? Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Fellowship, after her residency to learn how to deliver babies, she knew she'd need to practice as many cesarean sections as possible. The problem was she also knew that C-sections weren't always good for the patient. Many women's health experts argue they're often unnecessary and they increase the health risk for mom and baby. Doctors are working to decrease high C-section rates in hospitals around the country. Fox and her colleagues on the labor and delivery floor at the University of Rochester try hard to prevent them, primarily C-sections, when a woman needs one for her first baby. So uh, she says, I want to avoid primary C-sections, but also in this one year of my life, I want all the primary C-sections in the world so I can learn how to do it. It's me feeling conflicted internally all day, every day. And during her fellowship, she says the more C-sections that she does, the better prepared that she'll be to practice independently. So as you can see, here is a medical professional in training and she's wanting to see this stuff in action. And so they're performing more of this thing that she knows probably isn't as necessary as it's being done. And yet because she needs the training, they're doing them. Medical education is built on the assumption that the more procedures or treatments that doctors see and do, the much more competent they'll be when they're independent. It 
can feel tempting to do more of them rather than less. So if you're just joining us, I'm reading about a story that's explaining why doctors are so quick to jump to a pill, so quick to jump to treating a patient with a surgery. And the question we're addressing here is related to keto. Why don't doctors share keto as a therapy for chronic disease? And the bottom line on that one, by the way, is they're not getting trained. Could you imagine if they added in an actual uh, nutrition course to medical school training? Uh, I know that there are movements afoot to make that happen, uh, but the problem with it is whose uh, nutrition are you going to teach? Is it gonna be a mostly plant-based kind of mode of teaching? I don't want just plant-based to be pushed. Is it gonna be a low-fat, high-carb, uh, mode of nutrition taught. I don't want just that taught. I think they should see the merits of every diet modality, what the metabolic effects would be, uh, who would be good for doing a low carb diet, who would be better if they didn't eat as much fat. I, I want to see all of that. That would be great. But the problem right now, you guys, is doctors aren't given any of that. And that's a shock to a lot of patients who go to see their doctor and then the doctor's like, you need to lose weight. And the patient goes, well, how do I do that? And the doctor's like, mm, low fat, I don't know. So that's part of this issue here. But excessive medical tests and treatments can have financial and personal costs. They contribute to this country's rising healthcare spending and subject patients to anxiety and the risks of extraneous procedures. A group of medical educators thinks that this epidemic of overtreatment, as they call it, starts with the habits that doctors develop during their training. Habits they're hoping to break with new approaches to medical education. So as they're going through the training, you guys, these doctors are seeing procedure after procedure after procedure. And so it's kind of ingrained in their head. When patient has X symptom, you do X procedure. Or if, uh, patient has this thing going on in their health, you give them this drug and that's their modality. That's their mode of thinking. And I love it that they're trying to get them out of those habits of doing that. But the problem is because they don't have any education in nutrition to speak of, and yet most of these chronic diseases that they're dealing with and patients coming in with the ramifications and the symptoms of all these chronic diseases, they're treating the symptoms and not the actual disease. And I'm trying to put out a call to action in this Jimmy Rants here today. We need to actually be looking at how do we actually treat the disease that's causing all these symptoms. Because when you go to see your doctor, unless you broke your arm, that's not a nutrition disease. That's something a doctor can definitely help you put back together again. But when you come in with stomach pain or you come in with other kind of metabolic symptoms, uh, maybe chest pain, people don't think about that as a metabolic symptom, but it is. Um, all of those things could be helped with a nutritional approach. And the problem is right now, they don't have the knowledge and the know-how that a ketogenic diet, for example, could be used as a therapy for treating this. And the big one, you guys, is type two diabetes. How many of you have had type two diabetes get completely reversed once you started eating low carb, moderate protein, high fat? Yeah, a lot of you. 
And so if a lot of you have gotten better on this very chronic disease that are being put on medications like Tic Tacs, and they're coming off of all those medications now, and they're no longer having to take exogenous sources of insulin and all the other things that they've been uh, having to do to treat type 2 diabetes without actually helping them help with the disease. You've gone keto now, and you've come off of that medication. You feel better. Your A1C is down in the healthy range where you're no longer considered type 2 diabetic. Why, if all of that's true, and it is, why don't doctors know about keto as a therapy for that chronic disease. They should. And there's enough anecdotal evidence as well as a lot of medical doctors that are using carbohydrate restriction. Now, it does help that the American Diabetes Association uh, several months back now did finally put down that, okay, uh, if you're a doctor, you can actually use low carb and ketogenic diets as a modality for controlling this disease. But it's been years of kicking and screaming and years of indoctrination telling patients that this is a, a disease of a deficiency in some drug rather than something that, that's happening in their diet and their lifestyle. There's some evidence that the patterns we learn in residency are hardwired for the rest of our careers. There was a uh, study in the Journal of the American Medical Association in 2014 uh, that found doctors who trained in regions where patients underwent more tests and procedures went on to practice independently doing the exact same thing. So if your doctor is very um, procedure happy, test happy, um, doing surgery happy, popping pill happy, it's because that is how your doctor was trained in medical school and in residency. Have you ever stopped to think about that? Why does your doctor act the way they act? They act that way because that's how they were trained. So let's flip the script. What if in medical school, they got training in nutrition and they saw that the type two diabetes patients got their diabetes overturned eating a ketogenic diet, for example, and they took them off of medications and they basically got them out of diabetes. They cured them of their diabetes. And they saw that again and again and again and again and again in their training and in their residency. How cool would it be if using the same principle of they practice how they were taught, if they were taught this early, they would go on to become a keto doctor and understand the value that keto offers. And every single keto doctor now usually learned after being traditionally trained, but every single keto doctor now, the reason they use it is they've seen it work in their patients. And not every patient responds to keto. So even though they're a keto doctor, people like Dr. Ken Berry, Dr. John Lemansky, Dr. Will Cole, all of these guys that are practicing medicine, Dr. Adam Nally, um, and they're using a ketogenic approach. If there's a patient who does not get benefit from going keto, they're gonna put them on something else, but they see the value for their patient population and the people that come to see them in putting them on a ketogenic diet. Could you imagine if in medical school, they actually saw it replicated again and again and again and again and again, so that it became a part of the culture of who they are as a doctor. 
That's how we change this, you guys. That's how we can stop asking the question, why don't doctors share keto as a therapy for chronic disease? Right now, they don't because they don't know about it and or they weren't trained in it. But what would happen if they were trained in it? What, ha what would happen if they knew about nutrition and they knew that the fats would feed the brain and the fats would be easily converted in carbohydrate restricted state uh, into ketones and those ketones would fuel the brain for patients with Alzheimer's disease. And they controlled their blood sugars very naturally and they lowered their blood uh, inflammation levels very naturally and blood insulin levels came down. Pretty spectacular if that happened. Academic medicine is often criticized for, criticized for its emphasis on an overly thorough workup for ordinary problems. In the name of learning how to practice medicine, uh, young physicians may be tempted to order lots of tests, a trial and error approach with real implications for patients. Have you ever been to the doctor and they seemingly run test after test after test and you as the patient, you think, okay, all these tests are necessary. And what you find is a lot of the tests they run aren't necessary. Here's the thing that gets me though, you guys. In this wanting to whittle down what tests are necessary, they're actually eliminating some tests. My doctor, who I had to fire last year, refused to run fasting insulin. Now you guys know, because I talk about this quite a bit in my work, I am still a very insulin resistant man. I have belly fat and I'm trying to watch my fasting insulin levels. He stopped running fasting insulin. And when I asked him why he, did, he wouldn't run it, he said, oh, you're not a type two diabetic. I'm like, I'm trying to prevent type two diabetes from happening. And I like to keep an eye on my fasting insulin. Please run my fasting insulin. He refused. So I said, you're fired. I, I can't put up with that. I need to have the test I need. So I think, and he's an older doctor, so I, I think what we're seeing is in med school and when they're fresh out of med school, they're doing the let's throw everything in the kitchen sink at you test-wise. And a lot of those things may not be necessary, but what's happening on the backside of the careers of a lot of these doctors, like, like my doctor I had last year before I fired him, um, they're actually not running enough relevant tests. And here's the thing, it's because they don't know the value of a fasting insulin because most of what they're doing to treat you isn't for the chronic diseases with nutrition. If it was nutrition related, a fasting insulin would be no brainer. But because he wants to put you on some kind of a medication, that's not relevant to him. But you can uh, bet your bottom dollar he is running a cholesterol test because if I have a high cholesterol, he's got a pill that he can prescribe to lower that and ostensibly by lowering cholesterol would improve heart health. It doesn't, by the way, but that's what he believes. And so this is kind of the system we're in now. Early on in my own training as a family physician, I remember ordering a colonoscopy for a young man who had mild rectal bleeding. I rationalized the risks of the procedure, bowel perforation, complications from anesthesia, because it would put both me and the patient at ease to know that his symptoms weren't caused by something that was dangerous. Uh, we like to be reassured. We feel so much better when we think a situation is terrible and then find that everything is awesome rather than the other way around. Now, I'm I'm all in favor if somebody 
wants to appease their patient's concern because there are patients that are a little bit antsy about some symptom that they're seeing. And if you can run a test that will either rule in or rule out something, I think that's, that's definitely a beneficial test to be run. Uh, but how many tests are being run that really don't need to be? But more isn't always better. It's not news that healthcare costs in the US are out of control. We spend more money on healthcare per capita than any other developed country in the world. Can you imagine the savings we would have as a country if doctors were taught about nutrition and a ketogenic diet, for example, for a lot of these chronic diseases that they're currently treating with procedures and medications, how much money in the billions, tens of billions, hundreds of billions of dollars would be saved, saved. And they're missing it, guys. I don't know how they're missing it. With all that we're hearing now about keto and other nutritional kind of modalities out there, I don't know how they can't understand that it would be a viable option for avoiding a lot of these tests, avoiding a lot of these procedures, avoiding a lot of the medications that are merely covering up the symptoms. That's where all the spending's going. That's where all the healthcare dollars are going. We could fix this pretty quick. Unnecessary tests and treatments may contribute to high costs. According to a 2010 estimate from the Institute of Medicine, we could reduce many of our medical interventions by 30% without sacrificing quality of care. And again, if they implemented a nutritional approach to a lot of these chronic health issues, it would go a lot lower than 30% down. We could, we could probably slash most uh, upwards of 80 to 90% of the current costs of care if we gave nutritional and lifestyle answers to things that we currently cut people up for uh, surgically um, and give them pills for. And those pills don't come without costs, uh, including side effects. There can be a disconnect between the abstract fact, however, and deciding how to take care of an individual patient. And that's the problem. There's a lot of doctors that they take this, I'm gonna throw everything in the book at them to try to figure out what's going on, and then I'm gonna be really aggressive at throwing a bunch of medication to deal with all these symptoms that I'm seeing. You got that kind of doctor, and then you've got a doctor that says, hmm, yeah, I'm just not seeing the value um, and doing all these tests. I'm just gonna put you on uh, 90 milligrams of Lipitor and um, get out of my office. So you've got both ends. That's how they act. Nobody went to medical school to treat the GDP, says a physician named Christopher Moriates, who designs medical school curricula to teach appropriate use of tests. Well, Christopher Moriates, uh, we need you to teach nutrition and do it quick and understand it and talk about the hormonal impact of nutrition and talk about all the different kinds of nutrition. Talk about veganism, talk about Mediterranean diet, talk about a paleo diet, talk about a low carb, high fat ketogenic diet, talk about all of these modalities because guys, it's not a tool in their toolbox currently, and but it should be. Doctors don't share about keto as a therapy for the chronic disease in their patients because currently they don't have the training. We need to add that training. 
Instead, medical educators are focusing on a different argument in an effort to teach ju judicious use of tests and treatments. It's the, hu the human cost of overtreatment. Order enough medical tests and they're inevitably going to yield abnormal results. So that's, that's the problem. If you run enough tests, you might find something that's quote abnormal, but does that mean it's something that needs to be treated? That's the question. That's what these doctors are openly questioning out loud, trying to figure out. Doctors then may feel obligated to treat those abnormalities, even if the patient would have lived a healthy life without knowing about them. So, and let's not forget about misdiagnoses. Maybe you've been to the doctor, you have a family member that went to see a doctor and they were diagnosed with X. Everybody loves to be diagnosed with something. I remember Christine back in the day, she was diagnosed by that same doctor that I fired last year. She was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia is the biggest joke to be diagnosed with because Fibromyalgia is this catch-all of, we don't know what the heck's going on with you, so we're gonna say you have fibromyalgia, and then they start putting you on drugs to treat the symptoms of what they think is a fibromyalgia. You wanna know what it was with Christine? With Christine, it was low vitamin D. She had a vitamin D level uh, which healthy range is generally considered somewhere between like 40 and 60, 60 to 80. A lot of it's, there's a little bit of debate about what the level is, but definitely no lower than 40. Hers was nine. And so she had a nine vitamin D level and it was causing all of these symptoms that the doctor said, well, I think that's fibromyalgia because I don't know what the blank that is. And that's how medicine is being treated which is why more and more people on a daily basis are going to see functional medicine practitioners. They're going to see people that can actually make you healthy because that's what you want at the end of the day. Christine would still be suffering with that nine fibromyalgia or nine vitamin D and, and diagnosed with fibromyalgia, which, oh yeah, by the way, it also made her take Paxil, which was an, uh, a panic attack drug. She was on Paxil for 10 years because he thought that she had uh, mental health issues. And so he had her on Paxil. She had a vitamin D deficiency. And he totally missed it because there's no training in nutrition. There's no training in understanding the relationship between vitamins and your health and having all of those things in balance. And that's where we are, you guys. The doctors are treating the symptoms. They're not treating you, the patient, and what's actually happening. And they're being pushed into diagnosing you with something because here's the thing. With the healthcare law, uh, the Affordable Care Act, they now have to put in some, uh, what's it called, an ICD code. And in the ICD code, they have to have very specific codes that diagnose you with a named disease. Otherwise, insurance doesn't pay for all these tests that they're running on you. So they can put in an ICD code that identifies that you have X disease. And oh yeah, by the way, patients like to have diagnoses of X disease. Oh, I have fibromyalgia. Oh, okay, yeah, I have fibromyalgia. Yeah, and I'm taking my fibromyalgia, fibromyalgia medicine and I'm gonna have fibromyalgia and this is a medicine I'm gonna to take the rest of my life. It's crazy. 
it's uh, totally natural to think more information is going to be better. Eventually, it leads patients feeling less well than they actually are if you uncover things that are meaningless but abnormal. And that's the thing. A lot of these tests, you guys, especially numerical kind of blood tests, they make it look like when you're, quote, out of range, that there's something wrong. And I'll give you a perfect example. The one that people freak out about the most is their total cholesterol. If you have a total cholesterol that comes in over 200, you've got on that on that piece of paper with your test results, you have uh, high. It's probably in red and it says high. And you freak out. Oh my gosh, I have high cholesterol. Doc, what, what should I do about this? Well, let me tell you, I have great drugs that help you lower that. So then you take the drug and you start getting the side effects of the statin medication, the Lipitor, the Crestor, the whatever, or, um, and they're putting you on these meds because you see something that's quote out of range and really it's not anything to be worried about, but people worry about their cholesterol. And so they put you on a drug to lower your cholesterol and you're happy because your cholesterol goes down very obediently. Never mind you have side effects and increased risk of cancer and increased risk of diabetes and an increased risk of heart disease. Never mind those things. But you see a number go down and you, oh, I'm getting healthier. And we've seen some people die of their first heart attack because their cholesterol gets lower and lower and lower and lower and lower and they didn't get healthier. This is the problem with the system. Take my patient with the rectal bleeding. After my overzealous workup, I talked through his case with a more experienced doctor. He told me what I now know from more clinical experience, that the patient's bleeding was almost certainly caused by hemorrhoids and watching and waiting for a few weeks would have been safe and helped that patient avoid such an invasive procedure like a colonoscopy. Medical educators are now exploring ways to teach this concept early in medical education. Uh, they want to help medical students and residents curb these habits before they become ingrained. And if you came in late, we're talking about how doctors get into the habit of doing things that they were trained to do in medical school and in residency. And what they see is again and again and again, running a bunch of tests, identifying some disease in, your, in the patient, uh, and it's symptoms uh, that determine what the disease is, and then they give them drugs to deal with the symptoms. And so I'm asking the question here, uh, why doctors, why don't doctors share keto as a therapy for chronic disease? They're not trained in it, but what if they were? What if they were exposed to keto as a treatment for a lot of these chronic diseases? How cool would that be? One area that seems to have some promise, harnessing doctors' competitive spirit and showing them how they compare to their peers. You know how they could institute competitive spirit? Is look at outcomes, health outcomes. I can imagine the frustration of a lot of mainstream medical doctors where they're doing all the quote right things. And you as a patient, you've been in this situation before. You've been told, uh, you need to lose weight. And so you do all the right things. You cut your fat, you eat more healthy whole grains, you exercise on the treadmill every day. You do all of these things and yet you're not seeing good health outcomes. What do you as a patient do if you're not seeing good health outcomes? You go find something that will work. And so you try the cabbage soup diet. Then you try this paleo diet. Then you try uh, a vegan diet. And maybe you end up at the ketogenic diet and finally all of your health and weight issues come under control. 
How cool would it be, you guys, if we challenged doctors, we want to see better health, health outcomes, regardless of how you get there. And regardless of the subsidies from Big Pharma and some of the other kind of things, if health outcomes was the goal for doctors, do you know a lot of doctors would be doing keto right now? And I think they do know. And if they didn't know, they would be investigating ways to do it. I think they're beholden right now to this thing called standard of care. And standard of care forces doctors to do things that they know aren't really going to help their patients. Standard of care says if patient has X on a blood marker, like a 200 plus on your total cholesterol, the standard of care says you got to prescribe that patient a statin medication. What if standard of care went away? What if that kind of standard wasn't required anymore and all we're looking for is health outcomes? Give me the thing that's gonna give that patient the best possible health. Johnny bar the door on keto at that point. That's what's holding doctors back from using keto as a therapy for chronic disease. Standard of care is a big bugaboo they didn't even talk about in this story, but it's a big one, you guys, that's keeping doctors uh, quelched. Uh, internist and Columbia assistant professor Joshua Galeris published a study in 2018 that examined the sheer number of tests that internal medicine residents ordered during the 2016-17 academic year at their residency program. Uh, they didn't distinguish between tests ordered on different types of patients since all residents spend equal time in intensive care units as well as regular hospital floors. And what they found is that some residents ordered seven to eight times more tests than their peers. It's hard to say what number of tests is the right one, but this variability is concerning. In other words, they all got the exact same training, but some thought, oh, we need to test more and more and more and more and more. And then you had others that were more reasonable. So why the disparity? It's an interesting concept uh, to see playing out. They're just trying to get their work done and making sure the attending is happy the next day. At Johns Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore, a group of professors is working to provide similar data to their residents in real time with the hope that it would encourage doctors to think much more carefully about what tests are truly necessary. Uh, so let's see if there's anything else of interest here. Um, So medical school professors are trying to use that spirit of uh, competition when it comes to teaching students and residents. Uh, a physician named Lenny Feldman uh, is hoping that report cards will help normalize more judicious ordering of tests. We have to break the cycle somewhere. I think where they could break the cycle bigger than anything, you guys, is to finally pay attention to nutrition. And they're over-treating you guys. Doctors are over-treating patients because that's precisely how they were trained. They were trained to see symptoms in a patient and run tests to evaluate what those symptoms mean. To, to then diagnose said patient with some disease with an ICD code and then to give them some medication or do some kind of a surgical procedure that would deal with said disease. That's the model. Keto can't come into play there anywhere because it's not even in the discussion. So if you're still in the mainstream of the medical system for chronic health issues, obviously if you break your, break your arm, go to the ER, they'll put it back together again. 
But if you have type two diabetes, you have cancer, you have uh, Alzheimer's disease, you have um, obesity, heart disease, these are all chronic diseases that are related to your metabolism. And if it's related to your metabolism, your diet and your lifestyle play an important role. Unfortunately, your doctors don't have any of that education and they can't possibly help you. They'll give you a Band-Aid to cover up the side effects of what those symptoms of that chronic disease is doing to you, but they won't actually heal your disease. Uh, living la vida low car, this show is changing lives. We talking about your diet, trying to get you feeling right. Cut up them avocados, fry some eggs, time to explore the longest running health podcast hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage. We're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal. Yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused. Don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the living la vida low carb show. Hey, the living low carb show. Disc.